Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. Nature is pastoring millions of Americans again. Today, California will get what forecasters call an atmospheric river. The National Weather Service's Andrew Orison. They just recently had an atmospheric river last weekend, which produced very heavy rainfall, uh, including for some of the major cities in California. But this next uh, event that's coming in here is going to bring another surge of very heavy rain uh, in across the uh, the coastal ranges and some of the uh, urban centers um, across the state, especially around the San Francisco Bay Area. The southeast may see some severe storms. Abortion pills will be more widely available now that the FDA has made a rule change final. It broadens the availability of abortion pills to many more pharmacies, including large chains and mail-order companies. It updates the drug's labeling to allow prescriptions via any pharmacy that undergoes a certification process. Women can get a prescription through a telehealth consultation and then receive pills through the mail where permitted by law. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists called the update an important step forward. More than half of U.S. abortions are now done with pills rather than surgery. The rule change's impact has been blunted by numerous state laws that limit abortion broadly and the pills specifically. Jennifer King, Washington. Former President Trump is urging Republicans to vote for Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. Donald Trump warning on his social media site this morning of a giant and embarrassing defeat if what's been going on in the House continues. House Republican Kevin McCarthy is trying to win the Speaker's job but lost yesterday in several rounds of voting that tossed the new GOP majority into chaos. Poland, a neighbor of Ukraine, is buying more U.S. battle tanks, a second round of Abrams tanks. Tech company Salesforce is laying off about 10 percent of its employees, more than 7,000 workers. This is AP News. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-452-5050. That's 1-800-452-5050. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-452-5050. That's 1-800-452-5050. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. 
Full details on example policies. And not so great food at restaurants. Cowboy Burgers in Fontana and now on Arlington and Riverside will fast become one of your favorites with their delicious mouth-watering burgers and breakfast burritos. Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue also serves fantastic smoked barbecue baby back ribs, dry tip, chicken, pulled pork sandwiches, as well as lunch and dinner plates. Everything is made from scratch, including their delicious side dishes like coleslaw, potato salad, barbecue beans, and much, much more. Check out their rich, decadent chocolate brownies. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Borgen, and you can dine in, take food out, or have them cater your next special event. I highly recommend Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue at their new location at 5573 Arlington Avenue in Riverside. Just look them up on the internet. That's Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue. Happy eating! And perfect for the holidays, Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue is also available for catering. That's Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue in Fontana and now in Riverside on Arlington. Miss your favorite show? Download the podcast at kcaaradio.com. Hey, everyone. I'm a little under the weather this week, so please enjoy this encore presentation of the Uplift San Bernardino Radio Show. Of course, I'm Erin Brinker. I'll see you next week. Welcome, everyone. I'm Erin Brinker, and this is the Uplift San Bernardino Radio Show. I've got two back-to-back interviews today that will keep us going the whole time, so let's jump right in. So I am very pleased to introduce... And welcome back to the show, Melanie Moore. She is the owner of The Body Quarry, a fitness organization, a fitness company here in the Inland Empire. She is a certified personal trainer and has worked with the Making Hope, Fa- Making Hope Happen Foundation in our kids program as a Zumba instructor. She has been my personal trainer, although admittedly I was the client from, well, not from heaven. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and you were very kind and very good to me. Um, and this is a second career for Melanie. Well, first of all, welcome to the show, Melanie Moore. Thank you for having me back, Erin. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. So, um, you know, this, this, you know, we're talking to African-American business owners throughout uh, this month. So uh, it's Black History Month and, you know, there's a spotlight on, on uh, black owned companies and the black lived experience. And, and I want to, um, find out from you, first of all, what was it like for you when you first started your business, the impetus to start your business, you know, kind of go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, there had always been a goal once I had changed career paths, like you mentioned, I came from retail many years ago and then banking most recently. And I had been in banking as a manager for 10 years and Uh, life changes took place, uh, health changes were taking place, and I knew it was just time to make a change. And my first love, and really what my passion uh, lied in was fitness. I just didn't jumpstart it like I, I kind of wish I had years ago. But we all know life happens and things happen for a reason. So I would not have had the expertise that I feel I have now. Uh, But fast forward to 2017, it was time to make a change. I left the bank and took a little bit of a break and then talked with my husband and my family. And we knew it was time for me to head into the fitness industry um, the real way, a proper way. So that means training and certification. I became certified, as you mentioned, as a personal trainer. Then I started looking for uh, work in the industry, started working with the Highland YMCA, 
few years in, uh, pandemic hits, and I thought, what can I do differently? I can still, I still worked at the YMCA for a little bit of time, but it's, the pandemic made it that type of situation, or I should say 2020 put some of us in that situation to where you could either become stagnant in what you were doing, um, and some of us, there were not even the same amount of opportunities that there had been previously, or you could grow, step out of your comfort zone, step out of the box and make some changes. So that's what really pushed me into um, creating my own business and starting my LLC. It was the drive to do more uh, because it was time to figure things out. The pandemic for me was a time of clarity and time for growth. You know, it's uh, like all of a sudden, everybody's world changed uh, mm-hmm. with, a, with a few exceptions where some gyms were open, small gyms were open on the down low, most mm-hmm. of them closed for a year. And, yes. you know, there, you just you just couldn't work out anymore. And so, um, you know, you we saw businesses either adapt or die and a lot mm-hmm. of them died. And so, yes. you know, kudos to you for making it through the pandemic. We are hopefully, please, God, at the tail end of it. Um, you know, where things, because the gyms are open and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have to wear a mask indoors, but things are are looking up here, even in California. Yes. Uh, some states are wide open. That's why I say that. So, mm-hmm. so you know, talk about a, taking a leap of faith. Um, yes. You know, first of all, stepping out of your, your comfortable banking career. Second mm-hmm. of all, you know, adapting. So talk about that, kind of what you... <sighs> what you said to yourself, how you got yourself ready, how, you know, when you decided to form your LLC, did you go and talk to someone? What was that whole experience like? Um, That was, on one hand, it seemed overwhelming because I did not seek outside counsel uh, or talk to anyone. I jumped on the internet and went through several different resources and found, you know, different sites that were a little more personal and spoke um, more of a straightforward language, not necessarily the business language that I wasn't accustomed to at that time, um, and just did a lot of research to find out what business type best suited me. I knew that it would either be LLC or sole proprietorship, but I chose the LLC because I wanted to still have, still be small because I am, I am a small business, but I still wanted some separation. Um, I wanted as opposed to, you know, using, using my social security number, which you don't only have to do that with a sole prop, but I want to, to have the business entity. And then there is me. So my husband is right in there with me and (laughs) that was no problem. He was very happy to, um, assist me with that process and, 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 be right in there as a co-member or co-manager with me in the LLC. Uh, But that is the business type that best suited me. But it took some research to figure that out. Now, as you start talking about those things and you start researching, let some friends who are on the same page as you know what's going on. It was really eye-opening and surprising to find out how many other people, some friends and some friends of friends who have experience with LLCs um, and who have Uh, even prior to the pandemic have had multiple LLCs. And so it was nice to hear um, that I'm not alone in this. It's just, you don't always know these things until you start talking with others and finding out what's going on as far as 
that part of their lives. And I know you had mentioned to me in a conversation we had a little while back just about networking. So with these few friends that have had experiences with LLCs outside of that and outside of a few mentorship programs that I have online with women in fitness, I have not yet done networking in person or networking on a local basis. So that's what's up next for me. That's an opportunity that I know um, will continue to help my business grow and just to have me continue to grow as a business owner. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, absolutely. I, um, I wonder, I assume some chambers of commerce are meeting. I wonder um, how that's going. For a while, they didn't, at least the one in, so Highland has a very active chamber of commerce. Um, the city of San Bernardino is less active. And so mm-hmm. okay. um, uh, I'm not sure, um, you know, if they're meeting yet, if they're meeting mm-hmm. in person. Um, and mm-hmm. that makes, of course, makes it more difficult to network because you can't mm-hmm. have the little side conversations over coffee and, and donuts. <laughs> right, right. Um, although you wouldn't be eating the donuts anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm going to eat the donuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there, it's all about balance now, okay. all about balance. <laughs> So, um, uh, so I'm sure that you'll be fabulously uh, successful with networking. Um, uh, I have found you incredibly easy to work with, and um, I know that our families uh, enjoy being uh, in your classes as well. And you're mm-hmm. about to embark on another. Um, uh, we're doing exercises with you, so fitness with Melanie, or was it wellness with Melanie, um, with our kids program again? And I'm mm-hmm. super excited about that. And that's more of a holistic approach to fitness. And and one of the things that I'll, I'll get to a question here, I promise. One of the things that we do uh, that, that you do that I really enjoy is that you sit with the client and you figure out the best approach for that particular client. And you've, you've done that with kids. First, we just reached out to you about Zumba, but now we're doing this more uh, total wholeness, wellness, fitness, um, whole person fitness approach. Kind of talk about your philosophy a little bit. You know what? It's it starts from the inside out. And that's how I came up with my name, still speaking about starting a business. The name Body Quarry had been on my heart for some years, even before it was time to to start a business and make that career change. It was just something, one of those what ifs, you know, or if I could ever, the Body Quarry was there because my philosophy or my thoughts are, you're going to build your body from the inside out. So think of a a rock quarry, all these rugged, jagged rocks, um, you know, haphazardly in this quarry, and then they're put together. The way I think of it is that they're put together, and from that, you you build concrete, uh, you create concrete, you think of stones and gems that come from inside of a jagged, rough rock, what's inside of us. So my thought is building our bodies from the inside out, mentally, spiritually, And then the physical is going to come once everything else is taken care of. I am very uh, much passionate about exercise, um, lifting weights, uh, cardio work, all of that type of thing. But if the mind's not right and you're not ready for that change, if it's something that's new for you, if it's something that you've been doing, if you're not ready and intentional about continuing to maintain that lifestyle, it will not always be successful. There are special cases where people just get it done. But for the majority of the clients that I work with, and even for myself, you have to have your mind right. The, the 
urge and the, and the need and want to change have to be there for you to change behaviors and move forward to a more healthy lifestyle overall. And like you mentioned, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I like to talk with people because that process does not look the same for everyone. Not everyone can get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and work out. Not everyone has access uh, at their job to bring their meals and meal prep. So we really have to figure out what a person as an individual is willing to do and what they're actually able to do. And it's okay. Whatever it is for any particular individual is okay. You just have to make a plan and then we figure it out how we can progress from there. So let's talk about some of the barriers that you have faced in forming your business um, and in growing your business. And, and even before that, what, what barriers to success or barriers to your goals have you faced? You know what, I think it's just what I had mentioned before, and I won't even, I don't like to think of it as a barrier, just an opportunity um, for more growth. And that's just continuing to stretch out of my comfort zone and my husband gets uh, tickled by that sometimes he, because he says, you left a, a a complete industry and moved into another industry. If that's not getting out of your comfort zone, I don't know what it is. So what what is making this <laughs> difficult for you to to stretch and and be all that you can be? Because I have so many ideas that I know are beneficial and would be beneficial to others just as far as products and services and expanding my brand uh, and and that hasn't been done yet uh, i have journals full of of things that i want to do and i've just been holding on to those uh tight but when you have something that you think uh, can be beneficial or helpful to others you know gifts I, I believe we all have special gifts that we're given not even just career-wise but just in life personality singing um sharing, whatever it may be, I know we are called, or there's a special call for us to share those gifts. So that's what I have been working on and actually praying on. And I'm, I'm confident that I can make that change here in 2000 or make that jump here in 2002 to just share more because there's a need for it uh, with women. There's a need for it in our community and my community, the black community, just to share our stories share what knowledge we have for growth and health and fitness and wellness to let others know that they are not alone and that making changes and progressing it, it's not as difficult as it may seem it may seem a touch overwhelming when you start but if you've got someone you can lean on um, those changes can happen a, a lot more smoothly than you think they can and i'd like to be able to provide those services for others and let them know they're not alone well, that's wonderful. I know that the um, the health outcomes for African American uh, men and women are significantly worse than some um, 
the other demographics. And it's, mm -hmm. and, you know, it, I think it's for a lot of different reasons. Actually, I read an article recently that the down to the, the gut bacteria um, of African American women is different from white women. Those are the two groups that were studied in a study mm -hmm. in the UK. And mm -hmm. that that difference, they believe is tied impacts um, insulin resistance, which, mm -hmm. you know, African American women or men and women are more likely to be uh, diabetic than than white mm -hmm. women. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, there are, there are so many, you know, thinking about solutions, working with the community, um, you know, that's, there are significant health disparities is what I guess what I'm getting at. And, mm -hmm. and the desire to tackle that, that area is huge. Yes. Yes. It's huge. And it, that's what I mean when I say it can be overwhelming because a lot of the, the things that. Uh, my community does it's just based on history and that's just the way it's been and that's the way we were raised and that's the way we continue to do things but it's time it's time for change it's actually past due for a change but those changes are significant changes that have to be made sure you can take them step by step but looking at the overall picture there's some large adjustments that have to be made to put us on a healthier path um, and with those changes, the first step is just knowledge and being aware, because, for example, you know that um, statistic that you just shared, but maybe a lot of my own people don't know that statistic, and it's because maybe there's not access, lots of different reasons, or maybe it's overwhelming to read that or see that on paper. We want to continue staying where we are, and, and not all, I will never say all, but some want to continue staying where they are because it's comfortable. So it's comfortable to continue eating the same way I have. It's comfortable to not go to the doctor because you don't necessarily want to hear what he has to say or if he has to make, want you to make changes. It's not all about medicine. There's so much healing and progress that can take place just from lifestyle changes. Now, if the doctor says that there's a particular med that you need that will save your life, I would never tell someone to not uh, go with that recommendation or listen to that diagnosis, but we have to be willing to do the research to find out what else, how can I help heal myself? Is it, is it eating more vegetables? Is it eating less sugar? Is it drinking more water? Is it moving a little more? There are so many things when done consistently that can help us progress. And even if we have been told that we must take this medicine to survive, you can reverse or minimize some of those effects and maybe even take less medicine or get all particular medicines when we attempt to heal ourselves. So there's 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 so much, so much in that. And then this, the thought of it, even someone may be listening to what I'm saying right now, it sounds overwhelming, but the key is to find what works for you. Find an accountability partner because I do all of that with my clients. We're discussing everything. We're discussing medicine. We're discussing health ailments. We're discussing what little steps that they can do on their own. What additional ways can I help them? We're not just tossing dumbbells around or, or walking stairs. It's about everything because you can't be successful with just choosing one or the other. It's a whole body mind process that has to take place to make change positive changes. I got to tell you that, you know, I am, I am one of those. 
what what has worked for me are making lists. I've tried to use some online apps. I, I've attempted to use and still use some apps on my phone, but really getting organized and having a visual goal to look at is just, it can be just good old paper and pen, grabbing a notebook. And I have a five subject notebook and each tab has something different. So like you're talking about reading the Bible, uh, mine is doing my devotion. So there's a, a portion for spirituality, whatever that looks like for a particular person, fitness, food, and then mental wellness, whatever that looks like. So whatever self-care, I feel like that phrase is th thrown around quite a bit. And it, it's it has kind become, of become meaningless, right? Yes, yes. It encompasses so many things for so many different people. But what it means for me is simply to figure out what I can do that is just for me. So whether, and that looks different from week to week, whether that is uh, taking a bath, whether, whether that is reading a book, whether that is truly scrolling on the internet. Um, it's just going outside and walking. So whatever it looks like for you to achieve some type of mental relief is what I feel self-care is, even if it's not a activity, not an activity that is uh, releasing mental stress at that moment. So scrolling the internet or watching the news can be overwhelming and it can actually yes raise your stress it makes it worse it makes it worse <laughs> but there are times when I scroll the internet and I'm looking at just cat videos or I'm looking at kids doing funny things in their living room just something silly that that can make me laugh or make me chuckle I, I can't necessarily relate to it in what any manner whatsoever but it's just something that is good way to mindlessly laugh and enjoy because there may not be for some people any other joy that they are getting. I think right. of our, our first responders and our hospital workers and just thinking in my head, what could they do with these long shifts, minimal to no days off for long stretches of time, the stress of seeing people sick in and out. It's like, what what would they do? What could they do to release some of that stress and I and I bet on a on a surface level it's the camaraderie that they have with those who are at work with them the ability to order some food and just enjoy a quick meal in in the middle of a long shift or just to laugh about something silly so it's like we have to think outside of the box to find things that bring us joy while we're still focusing on a particular goal or a couple of goals at a time, but write it down and stay focused and keep moving forward. So, you know, I, one of the things that is, that is hard about owning your own business is that it is not, you think, Oh, I own, I own, my, I own my own business. This is my path. It's going to be, it's going to follow this path exactly. And then I'll be rich. And it's not, it's really, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and mm -hmm. it's an ultra marathon. Mm -hmm. um, so how mm -hmm. do you um, stay resilient? How do you stay, you know, we talked about self-care and exercise and diet, um, you know, how do you keep everything in perspective so that you can continue to move forward the way you are, the way that you set out to? Oh, it's a, it's, it's a good, thoughtful question. I, I believe it's just how much do you want it? How much do you want to make your own rules, make your own mission, set your mission, set your values in place? How much do you want to do that versus going back to 
working for someone else. Now, in in some way, we're all going to serve the public in some, some other way. We're going to work for someone. I still will uh, work at the YMCA at some point, things like that. But it's my own. It's my passion with my business. I'm making my own decisions and I'm helping others the way I want to help others. Um, how do you keep going? It's really just remembering that and having a great support system. My husband is outstanding with that. Um, and not everyone understands what I'm doing or what my goals are because it was there were some people who were like, how could you ever want to leave the bank? It couldn't have been that bad. You know, the money was good and everything was moving forward. You were successful. We know you were. And yes, I was. But was I happy? And or was I just there? And I was just there. And you're going through the motions, smart, knowledgeable, um, opportunities for promotions, all of those things were there. But I know that there was more that I could be doing. So with that experience that I gained there, Obviously, that goes towards um, running a successful business. You're running a branch. You're dealing with finances. I, I am capable of taking care of my own finances. I'm helping people. I'm running a team. So the goals that I have in place are to continue to grow and do those types of things for myself. Um, but you have to keep, uh, you know, there's a phrase, keep grinding. You have to because if I was to get too comfortable and say, oh, I have you know, these five, six clients over here, and that's great. But just like we just talked about, people have different goals, things change, life events happen. Right. So if I was to just get stagnant and count on this set of people, then I could easily end up not having any money for my business to continue. I know plenty of peers who have set out on this journey and have had to change paths because things change just as quickly as we knew things change with in-person gyms a couple of years ago. So I have to maintain um, a focus to keep progressing. I have to continue to think outside of the box and expand what I offer, the products and services that I offer to continue to be uh, a, a person who has a growing clientele uh, in far of working with them in person or whether it's online, but I still have to maintain a way of having a product or service that is a need in the community. So I think that's it. Staying focused, as, as basic as that sounds, it's very true because it's not always easy, but staying focused on helping others, staying true to myself, keeping my integrity and just growing. But the accountability piece is big. When you have someone, um, whoever it may be, and, and your listeners' lives, so a family member, a parent, a, a friend that knows you and knows what you are about and what you're trying to do, and they remind you of that sometimes when you may get overwhelmed or forget, no, you started this business, you stepped out on faith, you must keep going because you've already seen the evidence of how you're able to help others, so continue to do it, continue to grow, and push forward. Well, Melanie Moore, we are completely out of time. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. It's always a treat to have you on the show. If anybody is looking for a personal trainer, first of all, you have my highest recommendation. How do people find you and follow you? Um, easiest way is thebodyquery.com. So that's www.the.com. B-O-D-Y-Q-U-A-R-R-Y.com. 
and I'm under the same handle on social media. So Facebook and Instagram is the body quarry as well. And you can learn more about me. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And what I have to offer at this time. Well, Melanie Moore, thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. And, and uh, I look forward to having you back on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, too. Well, I'm super thrilled to welcome to the show John Mallett. He has personally originated over $1 billion in mortgage loans over the last two decades. He is, uh, because of his unique ability, um, able to demystify the complexity of mortgages and empower clients to discover how buying and owning a home can be a positive, transformative experience. John is the founder and president of Main Street Mortgage, located in Westlake Village here in Southern California. He received his undergraduate degree degree from Brigham Young University and graduated a graduate degree in MBA from the University of Southern California. He and his wife, Carol, are the parents of three children and live, they both, they all live in Southern California. John Mallett, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be here, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. So, you know, I, this is such a, a big topic and, and, in you know, mortgages and home ownership and building wealth and, and, um, you know, creating sustainable wealth for a family, right? That can be passed on from one generation yes. to the next. Um, and we're watching in Southern California, all over the place, even in places where you would think that maybe the mortgage, um, that the home, the home craze, buying craze would have kind of waned a little bit. It hasn't. And so, kind of talk about you know how you got into this business and what you've seen and where you see things going. Okay, great. That's that's great. Well, basically, I have a real passion for home ownership. I believe that people transform their lives through home ownership, especially when you're going from renting to buying. And that really comes from um, my background. You know, uh, when my uh, when I was eight years old, my my father uh, pretty much abandoned the family, and uh, so from and then my mother moved us to uh, a town in Southern California, San Luis Obispo, uh, so she could complete uh, complete her college education there. And while we were in that area from ages eight to age 14, we moved basically four to five times simply because we couldn't pay the rent or we were asked to leave. And then uh, finally, when I was at 14, our fifth and final move was into the projects. And I grew up in uh, government housing for the remainder of my teenage years, pretty much. Um, and so it was that kind of an environment where I, where I felt I didn't feel stable. And then going back a couple of years, my mother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm. And uh, then when I was, so I became kind of a quasi caregiver for her. And then when I was eight, when I was 18 years old, my mother died. Oh my goodness. And so, yeah. And so that, that upbringing, that kind of had, uh, I kind of had to grow up a little bit fast on that. And uh, so I really, I, I, I have a feeling of what it's like to be on both sides of the equation. And what I believe is, is that I have seen people's lives literally transformed when they go from renting to owning a home. I mean, my clients come back and they say, you know, I looked at, I used to go into my home in my apartment and it was like, okay, this is where I live. 
And when I actually bought my home, I went in the first day and I said, these are my walls. And it just is a totally different um, feeling that you get when you actually own your own place. And that's why it's a transforming lives through home ownership. It's we try to go to a deeper level on what home ownership is really all about and what it can do for uh, a person's lives and their family's life for generations to come. That is that is amazing. I'm you know, I, I'm sure you were thinking I'm I'm gonna do everything I can not to be in that position to be shuffled around again, because that just must have been hard on all of you. Um and it certainly I you know wasn't the life that your mom thought she was getting when she, you know, started, I'm sure. Um, um and that's you know, sometimes life happens, but you learn from it. Um uh one of the right. things that that um that the nonprofit that I work for, the Making Hope Happen Foundation, um, is the backbone for a collective impact initiative here in San Bernardino called Uplift San Bernardino. And mm-hmm. we're building a generation of successful adults committed to growing roots in San Bernardino. There's 50 multi-sectoral partners in just about every sector um, yeah. pro- you, know, you can imagine. And one of the big issues in this area is housing. And that yeah. people who, who you know, they're watching the, the, the cost of housing go up to the point of kind of absurdity in some places. Um, mm-hmm. And they're thinking, well, I could never own a home. So how do you go from the guy who grew up in in the projects in at least the last few years um, of, his, of your childhood to owning your home and maybe owning more? How do you bridge that mental gap and how do you get from here to there? Well, I think that the first thing is, is what you said was beautiful when you said you're you're growing roots here in san bernardino and the thing that's really important to understand is is that i liken home ownership to a root you're rooted and when you're rooted you have these these roots that go out and pick up the minerals from the ground and the water and you're you're solid right right versus the the kind of an air plant and an air plant just kind of floats around and it draws its its moisture from the atmosphere but it's never really rooted and so when you when you talk about the idea of rooted it just really is um, exciting to me because it tells me that that's something that you that home ownership does it roots a person and some people say well i don't want to be committed or i don't want to be you know i want flexibility and that's fine you can have all the flexibility in the world but why not be rooted at the same time and and that's really what home ownership does and you know it's really interesting aaron because the question you ask is is the is really the essence of of the questions about how do you get into how do you bridge the gap and you know it's always interesting to me is as first of all i have clients come into my office and or they'll call me and they say you know we saw this home during the weekend open house we were just walking around and we saw this house and we thought, man, it'd really be cool if we could buy this home. And, uh, and the first words that always come out, of their, their, come out of them after that, and I can tell you, I can log it every single time. They say, I know we can't qualify, but we'd like to find out. And nine times out of 10, they're in their house within 60 to 90 days. Seriously. It's incredible. Yep. 33% of people who rent can buy and most of them don't know it. It's crazy. It's wow. crazy. In fact, in fact, for the African-American community right now uh, throughout the United States, there are basically 1.9 million um, uh, African-Americans in that community that can buy and most of them don't know it. And the same applies with all 
ethnicities across the board. There's a huge number. There was a survey done by Fannie Mae a little uh, a few years back, and and it surveyed renters. And the question was, how much money do you have to have for a down payment? And 45%, Aaron, 45% came back and said, you have to have 20% down. And I thought to myself, man, that's horrible because, you know, you only need 3% down. So if I'm looking at a home in San Bernardino, it's a medium price home of maybe $500,000. You know, you're kind of wrapped in with the Southern California region. And all of a sudden at $500,000, I have to have 20% down. That means I got to have $100,000. Well, right there, I'm shutting it down, right? I'm saying I'm out. Yeah, there's, there's no, no way. way. I don't have yeah. I don't have gift funds. I don't have people that want to give me money. I don't come from a rich background. Forget it. I'm out. Well, the the facts are is you only need three percent down. So now I need fifteen thousand dollars. Well, wait a minute. At fifteen thousand dollars, I can figure that out. You know, there must be a way to do it. I can save five grand. I can ask for some gift money. I can I can work extra hours. I can do whatever I need to. But I know I can cobble together fifteen grand. Wow. And the thing that that we have seen and, and we're doing a lot of we're doing um, um, working with others to build to do put in infill housing on vacant lots. There's um, there's a, a movement to build um, 8000 new units in San Bernardino in the next three years uh, because there's such a shortage of housing everywhere, like in, Cal- in, in yeah, like the rest of right. California. Um, mm-hmm. One of the challenges that we come up against uh, or that that are that the NPHS and NHSIE were the two organizations that 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 work the closest with people trying to qualify is mm-hmm. um, they people just don't think that oh that's not for me and 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 you know like you said they walk into the room and they say I know I can't I know this is a waste of my time so but I'm going to ask anyway because you know what right. the heck and right. so, so you know overcoming that that mental hurdle and giving them a path that that's pretty powerful Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Because, you know, the thing is, is as soon as people get it into their heads that they can qualify or even that they're even close. I mean, even when they when they get in, they go, wait a minute. Now, I'm not that far away. I bet you I can do this. Then what kicks in is what we call the drive to buy. And when somebody gets the drive to buy, I had clients who came in. They sat down with me. They said, we want to buy a home. I looked at all their income and everything like that. And I said, well, you don't qualify at this point. And I said, but if you do these things, you can qualify. So the next year they came back to me, sat at the same <laughs> same desk. And basically they said, well, here's what we did. We bought a trailer, pulled it onto our parents' backyard and lived in it for a year. We asked for raises, we got new jobs and we paid off our debt. And in 60 days they were in their house. Wow. And it happens all the time. I had another lady come in. She came in and she said, I want to buy this home. It cost a million dollars. And that's, you know, pretty reasonable for the area of Ventura County, LA that I'm in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I looked at her, I looked at all the documentation and I said, No, you don't qualify. I said, There's no way you're gonna be able to buy this home. And then I said, But why don't we try? Why don't we see if we can actually make it happen and what it has to have to make this deal go? And sure enough, in 90 days, she was in the house with her husband. And we found all sorts of things that occur as we go through the process. And that's what happens, especially with first-time homebuyers. They go, well, I don't really know how I'm going to get the down payment, but I'm committed to getting a home. All of a sudden, parents come up and say, well, you know, I'll give you a gift. Or sometimes they get a ray or something happens just out of the blue where all of a sudden the universe is in concert and says, yeah, we're going to help these people out. 
And I, it's, and I see it over and over again, Aaron. You would be amazed at the stories that I can tell you of people who didn't think they could uh, buy a home and then ended up being able to do that. And it might take a little while to get prepared for it. But the first question is the best question you ask, which is, what do I need to do to do this? I need to ask the question, can I actually qualify? Because renting is just so transitory. It's just not a stable environment to be able to. Did you know that, 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 that when you own a home, there's 50% less chance that you'll get divorced. Think about Seriously? that. Seriously? That's a, that's a, that's a survey. See, everybody thinks about these, these financial aspects of home ownership, right? Like for instance, a financial aspect of home ownership is the median net wealth of a renter in the United States today is $5,000. The median net wealth of a homeowner is $230,000. So it's a 46 times difference. Holy It's sucks. a huge difference. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that there's what I call the underbelly, the soft sides of homeownership, where there's a 50% chance less that you get divorced. There is a higher probability that your children will do better in school. There's a direct correlation between people who own homes and people who vote. I mean, there's a huge, you know, it's a big, big gulf between those who rent and those who own, not just in the financial aspects, but in the quality of life. And I'm not saying that to, to rent is the horrible thing that is a horrible thing. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I rented for a long time. If you want the stability that comes with home ownership, if you want that kind of stability, then home ownership is really the the direction to go and to and to make it so that you can do that because it is it not only provides intergenerational wealth, it also provides quality of life wealth. You know, it's uh one of the challenges that we have in San Bernardino, challenges we have in San Bernardino, which, um, you know, 40, 45 years ago, we were the an all-American city. And that's something that people here will say, look, that's what we were. And then the base closed and, you know, other Kaiser Steel closed and all, you know, because San Bernardino has always been kind of a blue collar town. Um, but yeah. um, anybody who had any wealth kind of moved out. And so it's been this story in urban decline. Um, and with that, a lot of people, as people were moving out, they bought homes, they didn't take care of them, their, their renters are in there that don't care about the homes. Um, no. and, and interspersed in there are people, renters or, or owners who do care about the homes, but they're kind of stuck. And one right. of the things that we've had a conversation about um, as a community is how transformative home ownership is. Um, Correct, you yes. Know, and San Bernardino has the benefit, uh, we have a university here and a community college, um, and we have the benefit of housing that is that is small. Now, most, um, and I know that's kind of anti-American to say a small house is a good thing, but if you're, you know, it's just starting out, you know, it's your first time to buy, you, the, the new homes are all McMansions. Yeah. And so yeah. if you want to get a, a, you know, a, a quaint 1920s era, you know, house that you can fix up and really build something beautiful, there's a lot of that opportunity here. Um, and so yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, what we, what we envision is, you know, people graduating from Cal State San Bernardino or University of Redlands or UC Riverside and buying their starter home here, raising their kids here, buying a bigger house. And, um, but if they're, if they buy here, they're more likely to stay here and they're more right, likely to care right. about, about the community. Um, and so yes. that's, it, I, I'm totally agreeing with you and your, your, um, 
the the effects beyond this is my home the effects the impact on the community and quality of life for everybody who lives there yes that's to have right. more homeowners exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what's happening with the market you have a bird's eye view of how things are going i there's people saying there's another bubble coming and everybody for a while people were like well 2008's coming back it's not but um you know it it does seem like we are teetering at very high heights again and you know, what do you see happening with our housing market? The the basic buying power today and the prices today are comparable with those prices in 2007 and eight before the subprime crisis. So real income, in other words, real prices have gone up, but so has real income. And th- they're about even. So even though we're at higher values on the homes, uh, incomes are also a little higher. And so that offsets it. The other thing is, is that the the last year has been a record as far as home appreciation goes. Throughout the United States, home uh, you know prices went up like 19%. In your area, they definitely were double digits. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. And uh, you know, as a general rule, people amass $50,000 more in equity in their homes just by living in it over the last year, and much more in the Southern California region. So we've had this 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 opportunity to be able to have a growth in prices and and people are saying well it's going to crash it's not going to crash because people who buy homes today and i know this is hard to believe but you got to have a pay stub you know you got to <laughs> prove that you can actually buy the home you mean fraud's a bad thing <laughs> fraud's a bad thing and so you actually have to buy responsibly and so as a result of that, there's not really going to be a bubble because people have homes that they're qualified for. You know, the only thing that would really make it so that you've got any kind of a bubble or you've got, uh, uh, you know, a floor that's going to drop is jobs. As long as jobs are strong, you've got greater. Right now, there are more jobs and there are people to fill the jobs. Indeed. Right. So you've got so you've got this dynamic right now that is a perfect storm to be able to buy a home. Now, it takes a little bit more strategy. Right now, there are, last year, there were more investors that bought homes than ever before. 18.2% of all the homes purchased were by investors. And those investors come in with cash and they, and they, and they, they shy away or they scare away first-time home buyers. Right. And I'm here to tell you, Aaron, that, that first-time home buyers do not need to be scared away with that. I mean, as long as they have a great agent, a great real estate professional who's worth their weight in gold and can help them present the offer, we have people offering 5%, 10% down, and they get offers accepted. So it's not, you know, it, it's not like it can't happen. It can happen. And the idea is, is, and that's why in my book, I talk about the idea of wanting to ignite a home buying revolution, uh, especially among millennials. You know, it's interesting that millennials right now make up more than half of all the homes purchased, which is really good. That's a really good step in the right direction. At the same time, a study was done, um, I believe it was by uh, the Federal Reserve, that showed that, that baby boomers, when they were 35 years old, owned about 32% of the real estate in the United States or in the boomer age. Well, right now, the millennials at age 31, uh, on the average age of 31, they own 4% of the real estate in the United States. So there's a big gap there. Had to pay off their student loans first? Well, no, I don't think so. You know, there's a, there's a big uh, 
there's this thing about how bad student loans are, but the reality is, is that, is that 30 years ago or 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, the student loan payment was about $150 a month and it was about 15000 to $20,000. Today it's about 30000 and the payment is around $300 a month. So we're finding, and a, and a research study was done by Pew Research that showed that there's about 20% of, of students that cannot buy because of student loan debt. Hmm. That means 80%. So when people make this big uh, issue that student debt is 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 killing them from buying a home. That's just not the, the case. It's really more that they have other debt. Maybe they have car loans or they have visa mm. debt or credit card debt or things that they can actually minimize and then be able to qualify to buy. Or they've moved into that luxury apartment with the nice gym and the beautiful pool and, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, right. the very expensive right. rent. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. with high rents. That, that will do it. And then but, you don't have money to save. I mean, we have a lot of people that eat humble pie and say, okay, I'm going to move back in with my parents. They do that, they save money, and bingo, they're out. You know, they buy a home. It's kind of the Dave Ramsey approach. It works. Yes, it works. That's (laughs) right. So what do you think, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about inflation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been a long time since we've had inflation in the U.S. Right. Um, You know, uh, if I was a a kid in the 80s or um, uh, early teenager when the the, – interest rates were double digits to buy a house and everybody bought with a balloon payment and they want to sell before that balloon payment hit and all of that. We're not going to return to that. Do you see that happening um, in our house? Not at all. No, 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 I really don't. And the reason is, is that it's really based on math. It's it's just, it's based on simple math. And the the math is, is that during the pandemic, you have, during the pandemic, there was a lot of money that was, that was taken out by the federal government. They create a lot of debt. We know that. Well, that's only one thing. That's only one aspect that people look at. They don't look at the aspect that corporations took about about $1.3 trillion in loans. And so if you raise rates too much, then then it's it's a strangling effect. It's a it's a it's a, an effect that causes business to go down. And unlike the federal government, these businesses who who borrow that money so they could get through the pandemic, they have to pay that back. And so as a result of that, business has got to remain fairly robust. And we think that rates will go up. They already have gone up. You know, for every percent rate that, for every percent, one percent that the rate goes up, there's 500 less people that can qualify for homes. So interest rates, no question, has an effect. And as you, as rates go up, there are less people that can buy and it does cool the market. It just means that instead of having 10 offers on a home, maybe you'll have two. Maybe there'll be a little bit of price compression. Maybe they'll have a little bit of price decrease, but nothing that would suggest anything near to um, a bubble. Uh, inflation, we think, is going to stay in check. We don't think it's going to. We think that inflation is here to stay for, you know, the research that my team has done. We think that the research uh, that shows that inflation is here to stay for a while. I mean, the, the Fed can raise rates, and they and they're doing that, and they'll do that, and it'll tame inflation a little bit. But I don't think that we're going to be um, at the 2% level or below that we've been at for a long time. I think we need to get used to the fact that we're going to have some inflation. So, But we're not looking at the Weimar Republic from Germany in the 30s or Zimbabwe in no. the, the 80s and no. 90s. Or Okay. No, no, no. I think it'll be fairly controlled. And I think that uh, I, I think that there's I think it'll be contained. 
I think that's the right word to say it. So what are some of, I mean, obviously Southern California is a hot housing market. I, I know that Austin, Texas is and Nashville, Tennessee and some other places. Do you have clients who are looking to move out of state and away from California and they're buying and what are they finding or are, are pretty much your clients looking to buy here in California? Well, it's both. We have clients that are wanting to move out of California because they no longer have to go to work uh, at a certain location. You know, geographically, they're no longer pinned to where they're living. They don't have to be within an hour's drive of the office. And so they're going to the outer reaches. And that includes um, uh, central California. It includes outside of California, back to where family might be. You know, there was a mass exodus of people that came in for jobs because that's where jobs were geographically. Now there are major corporations. I mean, major Google, people like that. They're saying, no, you're not coming back to work. You know, we're remote. Well, in that, at that case, then it's like, okay, I'm going to go wherever I want to. You could right? be literally so anywhere. You could. You could be in Europe if you wanted to. I mean, mm -hmm. you could be literally anywhere. And so there is a out. My there is an out migration of people that are buying outside of California. However, there's a lot of family in California, and the weather is great in California. And um, you know, regardless of the prices in California, it is a great place to live. And so. There are a lot of people that say, no, this is where I want to stay. They have the incomes and they make it work. Now, there's another important component here, Aaron, and that is, is there's people that already own homes. See, people that already own homes, we have this feeling like they're already set. Well, that's not the case because people that are now in their homes, their homes are not set up for remote work. Their, mm. their, their home is set up to come home to, you know, their family or their wife or their dog and basically live in that house, not work in the house. And so now there's an opportunity for them to think about the idea of saying, well, you know what, we need to provide an environment where it's transforming for me. And so that's where it calls, the call is to say, well, wait a minute, we should really look at upgrading, at downsizing, at increasing, or, you know, whatever we need to do. So the, so the environment that we want to work in, one of our friends, um, they, they wanted to buy a larger home. Uh, the wife saw a kitchen. She loved the kitchen, so she bought the kitchen, and they threw in the house in the yard. That's basically what happened. And since that's happened, she's cooked more, more family together time in the kitchen. Oh, that's I mean, great. It's transformed their family. See? Yeah, that's and home, wonderful. A home environment can do that, and people need to really think about that. <clears throat> hey, I'm looking at a, at a bathroom that I don't like or a dining room I don't like. Well, they have this cognitive dissonance all the time that's saying, oh, I really don't like this, and they don't do anything about it, not realizing that they can really make a change. And that's the beauty, and that's where the, the, the work that you're doing is so valuable because you're, you're saying, no, we want to root. We want to be able to have you happy and, uh, and with your generations of your family here. Yes, yes. And, you know, our community is 75% Latino, and family mm -hmm. is, is everything. Family is everything. That's right. So that's build right. a beautiful life here where grandma's just down the street or, you know, in an ADU in the, in the backyard, so, which brings Correct. me to my next question. Um, do you have a lot of people talking to you about ADUs? Are they a good investment if you own property or, you know, you're looking at buying property? They're a fantastic investment. I mean, there's no question about it. If you have enough, if you have a big enough lot that you can put an ADU on there, or you can um, actually uh, convert your garage to a living quarter, you will immediately see an increase in income because you can rent that out. 
I, I mean, you, you, there's, you cannot believe how important it is to have uh, that extra income coming in because it helps offset the cost of living. And, yes. and that's what makes it so great for the Latino and Hispanic community because they, <clears throat> they get it. They know how to make things work financially. I've seen it all the time. And when they buy a home, you know, and it's a, it's a married couple that's buying their first home, it's a three bedroom, they'll rent two bedrooms. And, those, and that rent from those two bedrooms pays almost half or more of the mortgage. Right. Right. right, because it's family. Because it's family. It's intergenerational. Yes, I. That's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. So let me ask you. This has really been a wonderful conversation. I want to ask you about your book. Um, you know, uh, what what uh, drove you to write it? it? First of all, what's it called? It's called "Buy Your First Home Today." Oh, that's it's a great title. Pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty simple. Empower your life. You know, increase your wealth and own the home of your dreams. So, yeah. Wonderful. And you can buy that at any bookseller? Uh, you can go to Amazon. It's on Amazon right now. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where everybody shops. I don't go to stores as much as I should. Like I, I buy, my husband jokes that he goes, oh, your boyfriend's outside and I see the little blue truck driving by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. A little bit, uh, a little too much, too friendly with the, uh, with Amazon. He's of course joking, but um, yeah. Um, so, so what is what is the next step for you? Where where do you see your business growing, or are you going to write another book, or how do people find it? Yeah, you? yeah, uh, you can go to uh, MainStreetLoans.com. That's one of my website, MainStreetLoans.com. That's my company. You can go to JohnWMillette.com. Uh, you can go to Buy Your First Home Today. You know, you can. There's a lot of different ways you can get me directly. You can call my cell phone. And uh, we'll do whatever we can. Our our mission is to really empower people to be able to buy a home. You asked me why I wrote the book, and you know it's a little bit of insanity. I mean, anybody who wants to write a book, what you start thinking about it in the beginning, it's like, okay, I'm going to write this book, and then you start, and I mean, it is really quite a process. And once you do it, you feel liberated because you know you can do it again. So, I do have some additional books that I want to write. One on women in transition. Uh, women are hugely uh, successful in home ownership that most people don't realize. There's a lot. KCAA Loma Linda. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. News. Good morning. I'm Ed Donahue. It's not a good look.